Today's daf is daf pei. We are holding at the Mishnah towards the bottom of Ayn Tes Amadeis. So, let's see the Mishnah. Zog the Helega Mishnah. Misha Yotza, Huvi Ishtel Medina Sayam. So a person went to a uh, faraway country with his wife. Now the assumption is, is that if he married this woman here, they would have done the genealogical background checks on her. So therefore, we're assuming it's somebody that's a meyuchah, somebody that is from a, a genealogically pure family. And if he married the woman here, then they would have checked her out as well before he married, uh, before he married her. Now, when he comes back, he's coming back now with that same wife, and now they're children. The question really is going to be, do we believe that those children come from that wife? If we can assume the children come from that wife, then we know the children are okay. Why do we know the children are okay? Because since she was checked out before she left when he married her, so then if those are the children from her, then those children will be miyuchosim. And those children, if it's girls, they can marry kohanim. We don't have to worry about having to do any other background checks on these particular children. So it says like this, This is this is her, and the Rishon speak out, that's really superfluous, because we know it's her, because we know who he was married to before they went to Medina Sayyam. But the Eilubanea, that's the key point is, and these children who were born there, they are her children. Ain't Sarik Lahavi Raya. Says the Moral because we do not have to bring any proof. La Isha, for sure not on the woman, because the woman we know it's the same woman that he left with. But also Lo Alabonim, we don't need to bring any further proof concerning the children. You don't you don't need any background checks over here because we believe him to say that what? That, 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 no, the wife, we know it's the same wife. We believe him to say that it's a child. Now, Rashi points out for the Gemara, it's not as much about his believability. It's because we see how the children act around the mother. That if they cling, they hold to the mother, they cling to the mother, that is a chazoka. That shows a presumption that what? That those are her children. Which is why the Gemara is going to make a dif- distinction between young children and older children. Because it's only by the young children can you tell that they cling to her. The older children, you're going to have to do the background check because we're not going to have the proof of the Korach that they cling to her. But the point over here is, is that if she comes back with children and they show, they exhibit signs of that maternal bond, so then we say, since we know the mother was miyuchesis because she left with him, so the children are also, uh, they're considered genealogically uh, uh, pure. All right. Now the situation is a little different. He comes back only with the children. They say, well, what happened to the mother that left with you, the wife that left with you? Oh, she died in Medina Siyam, but, but these are her children. Now, in that case, we don't have the proof that what? That they cling to her because she's not here anymore. So, uh, so therefore, maybe raya ala bonim, veina maybe raya ala isha. So the wife, we don't care about bringing a raya about the wife. What we have to bring a raya is that these children are from that wife that he said that she died. Means all you have to prove they're from that wife. If you've already proved they're from that wife, we don't have to bring any background check on her, right? Because she that was already checked out. 
when she married him before she left. But what we do have to find out, because here we don't have the proof that they're going to cling to her. She's not here. So you have to just prove that these children came from her. If we can prove these children came from her, then we already have uh, a sufficient proof that these children are okay. Now, so therefore, so that's what they write. Mesa, uh, uh, so a guy left without a wife comes back and now he says this was my this is, this is my new wife that I married in Medina Sayyam and these are her children right now the problem over here is since he married this woman in Medina Sayyam we cannot rely on any background check having been made on her before he married her. So here you have to be maybe Raya Allah Isha, the ain't Tarik Lavi Raya la Bonim. Now why is that? You bring a Raya on the Isha, say if we can do a background check on the Isha and she's okay, you don't have to do a Raya on the Bonim. Why don't you have to do a Raya on the Bonim? Because again, if they show that they are connected to her and you have done the check on her, so then once you've done the check on her and they show that this is their mother by clinging to her, so then we have enough, then that, that helps for the children as well. Now, what happens if the situation is that he left without a wife, comes back with only children, and he says, these are children of a woman that I married in Medina Sayyam, who has died, and now, and these are her children. Now the problem is going to be that even if you do a background check on the woman, it still doesn't tell you what? That these are for sure her children. So, Meso, Ve'elu Boneho, Sarek Laviyaraya Ala Isha. First of all, you have to do a background check on the woman that he claims that he married. And then you have to do a background check, you have to do some kind of track on check that these children are what? are from her. So you're going to have to do two checks over there, both on the mother and on the child, because you don't have that maternal bond connection because she's not here and when, when, when they come back. Okay. So basically, that, that the Mishnah is telling us that a woman that left with him, she's been checked out. So therefore, if she's been left with him and she comes back with children, then really don't have to do any checking because the, the mother's been checked out already and the fact that they connected, then that takes care of it. The only problem is going to be if the mother doesn't come back or if he claims he married a different woman, and there's going to, so then there might be checking out for the mother, there might be checking out for the child. That's the different case scenarios we had in our Mishnah. Let's go weiter. I'm a rabbi of Huna. So, I'm a Rabbi Baravuna. This is the point that Rashi made, that when is it you don't have to check out the children and you can rely on the mother, it's only when, it's v'chulat v'kruchin achareha. Kruchin achareha means that they're showing a maternal bond to her, that they're clinging to her. So, obviously, when we're talking about that, you must be talking about younger children. An older child doesn't cling to his mother. So, that therefore, uh, that's only Bekruchin Achareh. So, it's not that he's believed to say that, the, and these are her children. It's nothing to do with him believed to say you're her children. What is it? It's that there's a, a Chazaka. There's a presumption that's telling us that these are her children by the way they're behaving. Tanura Bonun. We learned in a Bryce. So this is one of the cases in the in the Bryce. Is one of the cases of our Mishnah. What did it say in the Bryce? Isha nososib Medina Sayam. This is the third case that this woman I married in Medina Sayam, right? And and he comes back. He comes back with this woman and their children. 
So maybe Raya Allah Isha. You have to prove that this woman is genealogically okay. We have to do a background check. But once you've done the background check on the woman, ain't Sarik Lavi Raya Allah You don't have to do a check on the children. Now, now the, now the, the, the Bryce that quantifies that, that qualifies that based on what we just learned all, earlier. Or maybe Raya Allah But if they're older children, you will still have to do the background check on the children. Why? Because they don't cling. But ain't Saraglavi Raya Alaktanim. But you won't have to bring a Raya on the Ketanim because they do cling. So checking the mother helps for the children. But if they dole him, it doesn't. You have to check the mother and you'd have to check the children to prove that they came from that mother if they're older. Now, but then, Vamedvarim Amurim, Beisha Achas. Now, the, now the, the, the Brysa goes off onto a new scenario which we did not have in the Mishnah. What happens if, the, the, the case in our Mishnah is he left without a wife, came back with a new wife, and there were children. So there we say you check out the mother. That helps for the younger children because they cling to her. It doesn't help for the older children. What happens if, on his own, he gave us the following information? He said, I married two women. In, in, in Medina Sayyam, and one of them died. But the one that's alive, these are her children. But he did tell us there were two women that he had married. In this case, you cannot bring a proof from the little ones clinging to their mother. Why? Because it's possible that these little ones actually were the children of the one that died. And as a surrogate or as a substitute, they're now clinging to this one. So their clinging is not a proof. You would have to show that this woman herself is meyuchesis, but that's not enough. Even for the younger children, you would have to prove what? That they came from this one and they did not come from the original one. They might have come from the original one. That was therefore so therefore the fact they're clinging is not enough of a proof. You'd have to prove for sure that these ones came from the one that you checked out. So Gemara says like this: noshim. But when it's two women, he says that I was married and one of them died. Then maybe raya ala isha. Not only do you have to bring a raya on this woman that shows up and do a background check on her, but also ala banim, ala gdonlim, For sure, on the ones that are not attached to this woman, but even on the ones that are attached to the woman, you also would have to do a background check. Okay, so basically is though we're coming out that there's very interesting we're saying you can rely on the fact that these children are attached to their mother that's good enough proof to say what? That the mother. Now, it's, it's not a DNA ch- test over here. It's, but you're relying on that, the, that there's a chazoka, there's a presumption that w- children will attach themselves to someone who is their mother. Is that a scientific thing? Is that, it, it's, it's a chazoka. It's not, it's not, it's not 100%, you don't, but, but you're relying on it. But this seems to disprove that. The reality is the surrogate mother situation... Moms. No, that's when you know there are two moms. But when there's no two moms, then you can rely on it. When there's only one mom, we said you rely on it. Right. So Reish Lakish says that this din that you can rely on the child is a is meyuchas uh, the child is genealogically pure of fit is uh, because that the mother was fit. He says you can only rely on that for kachagvul. Kachagvul means that that's all the types of kachim or holy food. That you can eat outside Yerushalayim. Truma. Chala. Meaning that if this person is claiming now that he is a Kohen, because his father's a Kohen, and this woman we checked out, it's fine. You can rely on that to give him Truma. You can give him uh, Chala. You can give him foods that Kohanim would be allowed to eat. 
Aval beyuchsin. But in order to give him a status for marriage purposes, it means let's say it's a girl. Let's say it's a girl and a Kohen wants to marry this girl. Ad kach to take it to the next level that you allow someone to marry this girl as a status of being genealogically checked out because she was connected to the mother when she came back. That would not be sufficient. Then you would have to run a full background check to make sure that this girl actually does come from this mother. You cannot just rely on that the fact that she clinged to her mother. So for you. For Yuxin, for marriage purposes, this type of chazaka would not be sufficient. That is the opinion of Reish Lokish. Aval beYuxin loy. Rabbi Yechonin disagrees. Rabbi Yechonin Amar afilu beYuxin that this type of proof is strong enough. Even for Yichus purposes, even for Yichus purposes, you can rely on it. And she, if she's a girl, she can marry a Kohen, and you don't have to do any checking. For us, Rabbi Yechonah Tamei says, "Rabbi Yechonah went l'shitoso." Rabbi Yechonah says, "Clinging is sufficient to allow her to marry based on being genealogically fit, because we say that that clinging shows that that was her mother." We see that Rabbi Yechonah is l'shitoso. Where do we see Rabbi Yechonah goes according to his own reasoning? Tam Rabbi Chibar Abba, Amar Rabbi Yochanan, Malkin alachazokas. We can give lashes even when it's only a legal presumption. We don't have Adam. There's no edus, but you can give lashes based on a chazaka. Soklin v'sarfin lachazakas. More than that, not only malchus, but there are cases where you can actually give skila, stone someone, or you can do sreifa. Sreifa is one of the dal mises based, and you can do sreifa even only on a chazaka without edim. However, ain't sofin truma lachazakas. There is a scenario, a situation where truma, there's a question whether truma became disqualified. And usually truma that truma that's disqualified, you burn. But if it's not 100%, it's a suffix, so you don't burn it. You toll it. You leave it. You, no one's allowed to use it, but you're not allowed to burn it. You're not allowed to destroy it by yadayim unless it's for sure tame. So therefore, there is a case that Yochanan will hold that the chazaka is not going to be strong enough to allow us to burn truma. We're going to go through all of these scenarios. Let's go to the first one. Malkin alachazokos. Where do we see that with a chazoka alone, even if we don't have edus, you can give lashes, you can administer lashes with a chazoka. Kirav Yehuda. Like the case of Rabbi Yehuda. To Amar Rabbi Yehuda, there is a situation, a woman, when she was Nida, back in, 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 in the times of the, of the Gemara, she used to wear certain begodim. Certain clothing that she would wear. The neighbors would know. The neighbors were able to tell, based on the clothing that she's wearing, she is a Nida. Now let's say in the morning, they saw that she was wearing these type of begodim, and sometime during the day, the husband had relations with her. Now, we don't know for sure she's a Nida. We're just, there's a legal presumption. What's the presumption? That since she was wearing these kind of clothing, she's a Nida. Now, if she says, no, no, I was, I was, uh, I was working on the car and therefore I didn't want to get my clothes dirty, whatever, doesn't help. Once Adim, are, once the neighbors or people can testify she was wearing those kind of clothing, the husband will get Malchus based on that chazaka that was established. So therefore, it's not, it's not, we don't have edus that she's a nida. It's a chazaka that she's a nida. So you see, you can give lashes, give malkas based on a chazaka. Huchzaka nida b'shechen That she was presumed to be a nida amongst her neighbors. 
So then, the husband will get lashes if he has relations with her. Obviously, it has to be working out that it can't be like the next day or something that maybe she became tall and went to the mikvah. You have to make sure you ruled out the fact that she might have become taller in the interim. Now, this comes to where Rabbi Yochan, I mean, Rabbi Yochan wanted to say that a, you can marry off to the kahuna even by the bond that's just shown of the child hanging on to the mother. We're going to bring this as the proof from this because we say that you can do skila or srefa based on a chazaka. What's the case? The Rabba Bar Ravuna, based on the teaching of Rabba Ravuna. The Amrava Ravuna, Ish Isha. If you have a man and a woman, we don't know who they are, but the man and a woman come with a tinok and a tinokus, and in their home, they have a young boy and a young girl. Alright? We don't know who they are, we never see them, got, never saw them get married, they moved into town. A man and a woman, and a young boy and a young girl. And this young boy and this young girl grow up in that home. That there'll be skila in a case where the, uh, uh, the, the father that will have relations with the daughter will be skila. And the case where the mother will have relations with the son. I don't know if I've switched it around or not. In the case where the... Um, let's just see which, which one's which. The other way around. So if the boy has relations with the mother, there'll be skila. And if the girl has relations with the father, there will be sreifa. Even though we don't have Aiden for sure, that we don't have proof 100% that these children are their children, but we have created a legal presumption based on the fact that they were raised in their home and they showed like a family unit, that is enough to create the chazoka that we can stone and we can, uh, and we can give strife. What's that? Could be Misa too. Misa or an Erva could be Kares. In some cases, Misa. Now, Amar of Shimon ben Pazi. Look at the story. The, the story really supports, more supports what Rabbi Yochanan had to say. He says, Amar of Yeshua ben Levi, Mishum Barakapora. Misa, there was a story. A woman showed up in Jerusalem. She was carrying on her shoulder, she was carrying a young child. And she raised him. And then he had relations with this woman. They brought them to Basin, and they stoned them. Now, we don't know for sure that that was her child. However, what? Because the child was clinging to the mother when they showed up, that was sufficient evidence. To say what? Yeah. To say that that was the mother. And therefore, and this is going, this is Rabbi Yochanan, right? He's saying, he's saying, uh, he's bringing this as a proof for Rabbi Yochanan to support what Rabbi Yochanan said, that Koruch Achareo, if you can do skila and Shreifa, for sure you can marry. You can use it to be married, Lekahuna. Okay. Now. That, so we've, t- we've gave, we, we, we brought down the statement over here is that you can give skila, you can strafa, but we said there is a circumstance where you're not going to be able to burn truma. 
on a chazaka. What's the case that you won't be able to burn truma because I have a chazaka? It's not, it's not definitive. It's not a hundred percent. We don't allow you to burn the truma. You have to just be tola. You have to, not, no one's allowed to eat it, but you're not allowed to burn it. What's the case? Because we have a machlokas in this matter. Reish Lakish, Yochanan's brother-in-law said, No, you can always burn truma based on a legal presumption. Rabbi Yochanan Omer, No, you don't always burn truma on the chazokas. And they follow their reasoning based on the following Mishnah. There's a Mishnah that talks about where something became Tomei based on a Chazaka. We're going to learn this like Rashi. Tozbez has a completely different shot over here. But Rashi learns as follows. This nan. You find a baby, a child, a young child, who is sitting next to a pile of dough. All right, now that dough was tahor at one, uh, uh, till this point. The assumption was that it's tahor dough. The dough is tahor. Ubotzek biyado. And the baby has a clump of dough in his hand. Now, obviously, if the baby has a clump of dough in his hand, where did the baby get that dough from? He obviously took it from the Esau. Okay. Now, Rav Meir Metaher Metamin. Rav Meir says that the dough, the, the, the Isa itself, is still considered to be Tahar. Whereas the Chachamim say, no, we cannot deal with the Tahar anymore. We have to say that this Isa, this Isa, let's say we assume it, let's say it was Truma before. That's what Tahar. It was Truma, you have to say that it became Tame. Now, what's the machlokus over here? Why? Because Rashi explains that it's the way of a child to, to investigate. He crawls all over the place and he goes into the garbage. And since he goes into the garbage, the chances are in a garbage you have dead shrotzim and a sheretz that is dead is metame. So therefore, since there is a chazaka that a child is metapeach, crawls around and investigates and tumbles in the garbage and for sure if he tumbled in the garbage he came into contact with a dead sheretz so Chacham say therefore the Chazaka tells us this child is for sure Tomei and if this child is for sure Tomei the Isa that he touched is also considered to be Tomei now my time now the Chachamim make a lot of sense the chances are that this Isa is Tomei because a child, most children are Metapeach. And therefore, what's the reason the Rav Meir would still give this, this Isa, this Truma, let's say, a status of being Tahar? So my time, we're perplexed, we were bothered by my time with Rav Meir. So Gemara says, because Rav Meir holds like this, Kasavar, it's only a rov tinok is mitapchin. Not every child. There are children that naturally are fastidious, that istinous, they don't want to go in the garbage. You have a small percentage of them, but there is a percentage of children that are not metapea, do not crawl into the garbage. So therefore, so therefore, even a rov tinokos mitapchin, that the majority do, but miut ain't mitapchin, but there still is a miut, a minority of them that don't. The Isa Becheskes Tahara Medis, the Isa itself had its own legal presumption till this point that what? That it was Tahar. Now usually, usually, Ruba Vechazoka, when you have a rove going against the Chazoka, Chazoka only helps you when there's a suffix. Rove tells you there's no suffix. So usually, that's why, that's the way the Lombus is, is that if there's a, if there's a suffix, what happened? So the Chazaka tells you that this is what you do when it's a suffix. When there's a robe, there's no suffix. So therefore, a robe usually trumps, 
Kechazaka. But since Rav Meir says that you have to look at the miut, because it's not a hundred percent, it's a, there's, there's a seventy-five percent, eighty percent of the children of Metapea, there's twenty percent of them that do not, that miut attaches itself to the Chazaka. So you have two forces over here to say that the Isa is Tohar. Number one, there's a miut of children that maybe this child belongs to that is not Metapeach. And, and, and it added to the Ches Chazaka of the Esau that it was pre- previously Tohar. Together, that tells you that this Esau will remain Tohar. So he says like this. So he says the Chorah, why? He says because that since you have, uh, um, you have a robe of Tinokos and Metapchin, but a Miyun that ain't Metapchin, the Isa, Becheska Sahara Menes, and the Isa itself was a presumptive state of Tahor, smoked Miyuto, you can add the Miyut of children that are not Metapeach, Lechazoko, to the Chazoko, therefore Israel, Ruba, and it therefore, it, 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 it uh, weakens it weakens the rove, and therefore you can still leave it. It becomes like a suffix again. And since it becomes like suffix again, the chazaka trumps. And you can say that it's chazkas tahor. Now what about the chachamim? The chachamim say we don't agree with Islam this altogether. Because when you have a rove, the rove knocks out the mute like it doesn't exist. So when you have a rove and a mute, the mute's gone. So therefore, if the mute's gone, all you're left with over here right. is a rove against the chazaka. And if it's a rove against the chazaka, ruva adiv, the rove trumps. That's the way the Chachamim look at it. For Abonan, miyuta commanda leisadami. That when you have a rove and a mute, the mute is not existent anymore. You can't, if you can't add it to the chazaka, because we don't look at the mute as if it exists. And therefore, ruva chazaka, ruva adiv. When you have a rove and a chazaka, you have ruva adiv. So, now that's the Mishnah. Right now, we haven't brought anything to show one way Rav Yochanan and Reish Lokish, nothing to do with it. All we have a situation over here is, according to Rav Meir, the Chazaka tells us the Taharos, the Truma, is still Tahor. And the Chachamim say, no, it's a rove against the Chazaka. And therefore, if it's a rove against the Chazaka, what do we have to say? It's Tome. Now we have the Machloka. So what if it's Tome? What do you do with it? So, this will be a case where you can burn truma, even though it's not necessarily, you don't have aiders for it, but you can rely on a presumptive state, or you can rely on, you're relying on a robe, or you're relying on, it's a type of chazaka, anyway, we'll see in a moment. But therefore, this is the case where you burn. Comes along Rabbi Yochanan, he says, Rabbi Yochanan, Ein zu chazaka truma. This would not be an example of where you can burn the truma for this. Therefore, what it's going to be, when they say it's tame, all they meant what? It's misafek, it's tolling, leave it alone, but you can't burn it. So this goes back to what Rabbi Yochanan said, that there's certain cases where if you don't have edus, and you're only relying on... On, on forces to make the determination whether it's a rove, whether it's a chazaka, ain't sarf and you don't burn on it. So one says, okay, but the fact that Rabbi Yochanan said that this is an example of a type of a chazaka or a rove that you don't burn something on implies that there are cases that you would be. So where would Rabbi Yochanan agree that there is a type of chazaka that you could burn the truma for so ezu chazokel rab yochan shesorfen aleasa truma that you are allowed to burn the truma for it kedesnan I think some changes kedesan you right uh, like it's learnt in a brisa as it's taught in a brisa what is the brisa says like this you have as follows now 
in order to understand this, I just want to explain another din. It's learned out from Masechus so from from the story of a Sota. Yesterday we taught that the halacha is that when you have a suffix in a Rishusa Rabbim, suffix tumah in a Rishusa Rabbim, then we say that suffix tumah Rishusa Rabbim sveika is tahor. Suffix tumah in Rishusa Yochid sveika is Tome. We learned it out from, uh, from, from Sota, because Sota, it's only a Suffolk. We don't know for sure that the woman had an, uh, committed infidelity, but the Torah considers a Suffolk like a Vada. We treat her like, for sure, she had. She's Tomei until she drinks from the, uh, from the May Sota. And that's a case of a Suffolk in Rishusayachid. So from there we learn, you only say Suffolk Kavadai in Rishusayachid, but it would be a Rishusarabim, we would say it would be Tohor. That's the ruling that we learn. There is another halacha that's learned, which is an interesting halacha. We learn that since the parties involved in the suffix, the man and the woman, are adults, that it's yesh bahendasli shoel. They can be questioned. You can have an intelligent conversation and you can check what happened. You can ask them what happened. So we say the only time we say, from there we learn out, that the only time we say that a suffix that is in Rishus HaYochit, that we go L'Chumra and we say that a suffix is Kavada, that it's Tomei, is when you're dealing with entities that can be questioned. But if you're dealing with entities that cannot be questioned, meaning it's dealing with inanimate objects, let's say, or it's dealing with a child, or it's dealing with things that cannot be questioned, so in such a case, even though it's a suffix Tumah, Bershus, Hayochid, but where it's Ein Bodas Lishol, Torah, you go Lakula and you will say, Sveiko is Tohor. That's the din. Again, we're not going to get into all the details of it. We dealt with it in Masech Sota, But the din is that a suffix tumor v'shusa yochid is sveiko is tomei is only when you're dealing with someone or something that is yesh b'das l'shol that can be questioned. But it's ain b'das l'shol. The fact that it's v'shusa yochid does not make it suffix is kevadai. Okay. So says the Gemara like this. Knowing that halacha. So says the Gemara. What does it say in the Brisa? You have a situation like this. Isa b'sarcha bayis. You have a dough, a batter of taharos, of truma, that is in the house. And in the vicinity, somewhere in the house, in the room, there happens to be also crawling around a tzvardeyim, which are frogs. And shrotzim, Rashi says, we're dealing with tzav. Tzav usually has a meant a tortoise, whatever it is. But Rashi says it's a tzeret that looks similar to a tzvardeyim. Now, a tzvardeyah, even when it's dead, is not matame. It's only, there's only, only eight shrotsim when they're dead are matame. But other things that when they die, do not necessarily transmit tumah. Now, what happens over here, so, so you, what? A tzav is, no? A tzav is one of the shmona shrotsim. So therefore, so you have over here these shrotsim and tzvardeyah metaplin in the area. Metaplin sham. Venim tzu chatichos be'isa. And a piece of a dead something was found in the Isa. Now, we don't know. It makes a big difference. Is it a piece of Sheretz? Because if it's a piece of Sheretz, then the Isa is Tome. If it's a piece of Tzvardeya, then it would not be Tome. Now, what you have to do as follows is you say like this, Imrov Shrotzim, you do a quick count. If in that vicinity, the majority of things that are crawling around are Shrotzim, so then you say that it must be that the peace came from the Sheretz and it's Tmeim, Tmeo. 
and if it's the rove ears Tzvardeim, then you can attribute the piece that's there to the majority that's in that vicinity, and you can say it's Tahora. It is considered to be Tahora. Now, the, uh, so, so bottom line is like this. So, uh, that would be a case, says the Gemara, that would be a case where Rabbi Yochanan would say that Sarfin, uh, that Sarfin, that you could burn the, 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 uh, the, 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 the uh, Truma based on the fact that even though it's not Adim, but it's, it's, it's calling it a rove. But we're going to see there's actually two types of rove. I'll get a little bit into the lumbus over here. There's two types of rove. Rove is a majority. There's a rove that's called a rove de Isakamon. A rove de Isakamon is talking about that the statistical question, the items for the statistical question are in your, are in the vicinity. They're here. You count up. You've got 55 shrotzim and you've got 35 tzvardeyim. So you can, the rove is in front of you. So when you're dealing with a rove in front of you, Rabbi Yochanan says that type of rove, a rove de Isa Kaman, is a strong force that allows you to even burn the, uh, burn the truma. The case of the rove before, there you had a bet that most babies are metapo. But there are some that don't. That's not a, that's not a rove de Isa Kaman. They don't, all the babies in the world aren't with you in the room. Right? It is a behavior. It's a norm. It's not an actual, uh, uh, statistical reality that is in front of you. That Rabbi Yochanan considers to be weaker. That's called the rove de Laysa Kaman. And that type of rove, the rove that Laysa Kaman is not considered to be a powerful chazoka. And therefore, at most, it makes you deal with it as a, it's, you have to be machmir, but it'll be tolin, it will not be sorfin. That's what, that's the difference between the two uh, situations. Why in one case Rabbi Yochanan says that when you have a presumption, you could burn the truma. That's when you have a rove, the isa kamon. But when you have a presumption that the laysa kamon, that's not in front of you, that's not so strong, and therefore you don't burn it. Says the Gemara, Tanya Yochanan. We actually have a brisa that supports Rabbi Yochanan in terms of when he says you do burn it and when he says that you only say Tolin. What do we see in the brisa? The brisa, now this is from the Tanoyim, so obviously it'd be a support for Rabbi Yochanan. It'd be against Reish Lakish if it goes like one of the two. It says in the brisa, Shnei Dvarim, Ein Bahen Das Lishol. There are two scenarios, there are two situations where even though the item in question is ein boidasli shol, means it's happening in Rosh Yochid, and usually we're stringent, we consider Sofei Kavadai, but usually when it's ein boidasli shol, right, we don't say, we usually say you go leniently and you would say tahor, even though it's ein boidasli shol, but still in these two cases the Chachamim said, what should you do? No, 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 you go lechumra. We're going to say you go lechumra, even though I mean, Torah, if you follow the rules from Sota, since it's Ein Bahen Das Lishol, what you should say is leave it alone. What are these two cases? For Asum Chachamim, the Chachamim made them Kemashi Yesh Das Lishol. We made it where Machmer, as if there was something that you had had intelligence, you could question, which means we went lechumra and said it's Tomei. Because if you would say it's Ein Das Lishol, it should be Tahor. We dealt with it as if it should be. Tommy. What are the two scenarios? Tinok. 
The one was the case of the baby, which was the case where the baby was crawling around and then he had dough in his hand. And Rabbi Yochanan said over there, we have to go Lechumra. Now again, Rabbi Yochanan over there said, go Lechumra just meant, it didn't mean you burn the truma. He said, you say Tolin, and we're going to bring a proof of that. For Oda Cheres, and the second case, where the Chachamim say we deal with it as if it's got a Dasli Shoel, is the case of, so there's Tinok and the Oda Cheres. So Tinok Hada Amram, that's the case of the baby that we had before. For Oda Cheres, what is the second case where the Chachamim said deal with stringently, even though technically you should be dealing with leniently, because it's Ein Badasli Shoel, Mahi. Isa Vesocha Bayis. You have a dough. A batter of taharos, of truma that's in the house. And there is a container of liquids that you know are liquids that are tomei. Now, if these liquids that are tomei touch the dough, they disqualify it. 100%. You would have to burn it if it for sure, if it for sure touched it. Now, but what happens is, v'nimtsu'u, and their chickens and their in the house now chickens generally what do they do with liquids they put their beaks into the liquid now the thing is we find in the dough we find holes that clearly came from the beaks of the chicken so what you have to worry about did the chickens first dip their beaks into the mashkim, into the liquids, and if they got the leaks, the, the, the liquids still on their beak, and then they dip their beaks into the dough, then there would be metame the dough. Now, if you really follow the rules of the Torah here, it's a sofek tumah b'rshusa yochit, and usually that says tumah, but chickens ain't lahem dasli shoil, and therefore it should go l'kul, and it should be okay. However, Chachamim was stringent and we said we deal with the chickens not like Ein Lam Dasli Shol because it's such a, 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 a strong uh, chance or incident that really the chickens did dip the beaks in the liquid and then dip the beaks in the thing. So in that case, we actually go Lechumrah. So therefore, Benimson Nekurin and we found the, the peckings, the holes. Nekurim, Nekurim, Be'isa. We find these holes throughout the dough. So therefore, tolin below ochlin lo sarfin lechumra. The other chacham said lechumra. You have to be toler below ochlin lo sarfin. Now, why is this approved to Rabbi Yochanan? Because since this is together with the first case, what was the first case? The case of the children. And that was the Machlokas. Rabbi Shlokish said in the case of the children was Sarfin. Rabbi Yochanan said in the case of the children it was Tolin. And we're grouping these two cases together. The case of the chicken together with the case of the children. And the Brisa clearly rules what's the case of, what's the ruling over here? Tolin below Sarfin. So it supports Rabbi Yochanan that when you have it is a, it's a, it's a rove or a chazoka, a ruba de leisa kamon. It's not statistically right here. We, we only go lechumra. We only tola. We don't actually burn it. So this is supporting the opinion of Rabbi Yochanan. The chicken is just a, 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 a chances. You're talking about chances. You're right. But they put the, put the rulings together. How does it tie back with the humans where you said? They raised these children, but we're not sure that they're children. They have relations with them. We assume that they're children. We burnt with you know, skila or with the that, that was that was just the that was that that was just showing that there's a cases where a chazok without testimony sometimes we can create definitive halacha from even if we don't have actual testimony. We sometimes rely on a chazaka. 
Right, that, so that, that was, that's how we led into this. But this is not directly connected to that. Okay. I'm Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi. Lo shanu el levonim. Is that this den is only taught where the liquid was clear. Because when the liquid is clear, so then we, 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 uh, then you cannot tell that the chicken put the beak in, it did not be, and that's why it would be tollen. Aval, the mashkin adumin, but if the, if the, if the liquid was red or it's colorful, it had, it had, it was dark, so then in such a case, if you don't see that the liquid is, 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 is nicker, is recognizable on the dough, then we should assume that what? Then it should be tar, it shouldn't even be tollen. He says, aval, im isa de aval, the mashkin adumin, im isa de nakir, if it was that the chickens pecked at the dough, then may the yadi it truly would be visible that there that the, that the the chicken had, and therefore if it's not it's a raya that it's tohor says so more like this that's not a good raya because dilma balisinu isa and isa is absorbent and isa is absorbed so even if it had colorful liquid maybe the color was absorbed into the dough, and therefore you can't bring a rye from the fact that it had color, didn't have color. So I was questioning, what's this chilek that Rabbi Shuvan Levi is making between whether it had color, it didn't have color, even when it had color, doesn't it, is, it an, is it not possible that it still happened and it just got absorbed into the dough and you can't notice it? So says the Gemara, Amr Rabbi Yochanan, Zavar Zeh Shama Beribi, that is it, he said like this, he said maybe it's possible, is it possible that the great one, Beribi means the great ones, referring to Rishub and Levi, is it possible, Rishub and Levi, the, when the Gedele of the, of the Amoroyim, is it possible that he heard that there is a distinction between liquids, but but he did not understand or he did not get completely the distinction, because you could still make a distinction between liquids, but maybe it's not the way he put it. He made the distinction between clear and not clear. Maybe that's not complete the distinction because we had a kasha on it. Because even if it's not clear, it could still technically be absorbed. Maybe the distinction, says Rabbi Yochanan, could be like this. He says that this, that this din, that the, that the, that the, the is for sure Tomei, you deal with it as Tomei, is where the liquid is clear. Is clear. Right? But, what it, mean, it means is clear. Clear doesn't mean that it's translucent. That it's like, even, even a, uh, a darker liquid is, could be considered clear. How did they make the distinction whether something's clear or not? It's fascinating. If you could tell if a baby's reflection could be seen in the liquid. If a baby's uh, reflection can be seen in the liquid, it's considered clear enough that it's possible that it would be absorbed into the liquid without knowing that there was that, that it had come into contact. I write that you could see the 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 the, uh, the reflection of the child. Uh, what? So I, I, I saw the Ritvar talks about it a little bit. He says it just could be maybe of a tinok you see the whole face. The tinok you see the whole face. I thought it's something that maybe a child has a uh the, the cluster upon him. There's a there's a radiance about the face of a child. And the Ritva doesn't say it. It just says maybe the, the whole face can be seen in it. Okay. But if the liquids are so cloudy that you can't see a reflection, that for sure will not be completely absorbed. There would be a trace. So if the liquid was so dark and cloudy that you cannot even see a reflection in it and you still don't see any traces... 
So, Rabbi Yochanan is saying is, I agree with Rabbi Shub and Levi that there's a distinction between liquids. But he didn't say, he didn't say it exactly right. It's not between whether it's translucent, whether it's clear or it's colored. No, even within colored, is it bright enough? to have a reflection. If it's bright enough to have a reflection, then that could be completely absorbed. But where it is cloudy that you cannot have a reflection of a baby's face in it, then if it, if it went, if it touched the Esau, there would have been traces of it. And if they're not, then you can assume under that case that what? It's completely tahar. Okay. We're starting now the last segment really of Masech, the halachic part of Masech's Kedushin. And that's, it's, it's fascinating how it ends up over here. But that's all the dinim of Yichud. Yichud is there's a prohibition for a man to misyached with, to be in seclusion with a woman. Now, the most Rishonim learn that Minat Torah, the prohibition of Yichud is only with someone that is prohibited to him. That the prohibition of Yichud is only something that's prohibitive. What level of prohibition? Again, here most learn it's either Chiyuv Kares or Chiyuv Misa. There are exceptions where that's a, a, a wife who's a Nida or a daughter, they don't fall into the laws of Yichud because they say that a man in general will not feel a, uh, a, a, an attraction to the, to those, to the, in those situations. But under normal circumstance with a prohibition, an, 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 an Aishas Ish, or a woman uh, that is a, a nida that is that is uh, uh, that is that is not your wife. So there are situations where that uh, that that minat Torah the prohibition is on an erva to be misyachid with an erva. Whether nida is considered an erva is already a shail in the rishonim. Now, however, if it would be let's just say a, a, a pnuya, a single girl, David Amelech and his based in came along later, and they. Uh, they made the gzeira midrabbanon to apply yichud even to situations where the woman is not necessarily an erva. And then even later, I think it's Shammai and Hillel, that Shammai and Hillel came along later, the Gemara says in Avodah Zorah, and they extended it to even a non-Jew. Because David HaMelech only made it on pnuyos that are Jewish. Non-Jews were not included in the Gzeirah. So therefore, later on, in the times of Shammai and Hillel, they extended it that there's a Isser Yichud even on a non-Jewish woman. So basically, there you have the Daraisa level, the first Gzeirah, and then you have the second Gzeirah. That's how most Rishonim learn. Not, uh, some learn that even the original Isser of Yichud on, uh, on the Arab is only an Isser Durabon. And that's not, some Rishonim don't, don't hold it to Daraisa. Daraisa level again? Uh, Erva. On an erva. Okay, now, what is the, considered the, the, the ratios that create the prohibition of yichud? Okay, so therefore, everyone agrees yichud is one to one. That's for sure yichud. The question is, let's say you have one man, two women, or two women, one man. Do we have yichud still happen when the numbers, the ratios change? So say anything more like this. Right? It's not a very PC Mishnah. A man should not have yichud even with two women. For sure he shouldn't have yichud with one woman, but even with two women he should not have yichud. Why? Because the Gemara explains that one woman is not embarrassed to be promiscuous with a man with another woman there. Because they, they both feel that they can draw her in. That she'll be impacted and draw in, so therefore they can draw the second woman into the promiscuity as well. Whereas the other way around, one man will be embarrassed 
to act in that way if there's another man in the room. So therefore, Yichud is a problem with one man and two women, but Yichud is not a problem with two men and one woman. Unless they're Prutzim, which we're going to see. Unless they themselves are people that have very low moral standards, then even two men and one woman could be considered to be a problem of Yichud. So therefore, let's see inside. Im a man should not be meyachid with two women. But one woman can't have Yichud with two men because then we don't concern ourselves that something's going to happen. Rab Shimon Omer, Af Ish Echot Misyached Im Shtei Noshim, is that one man uh, can be Misyached with two women. Bezman Ima, if the wife is there. Now, the Yoshinim Ayim Bepundaki, and he can even sleep in the same room, in a hotel room with them, because his wife will watch him. Now, Tosas learns that the Girsa here is messed up, that the, that the reading of this Mishnah doesn't make sense, because everybody holds that there's a din of Ishta Mishamarto. Everyone holds that there is. Not just Rav Shimon holds that. So therefore, what, what Tozer learns is two separate things here. The one halacha is that uh, a, a person is he's arguing with the Tanakhama. The Tanakhama said one man cannot be meyachet with two women. On that, Rav Shimon disagrees. Rav Shimon holds is that, that a one man could be with two women and we don't worry about yichud with one man and two women. That's done. Now, the Zman Sheishto Imo, if the wife is with him, then there's no problem of Yichud. That's the Divrei call. That's a separate thing. As long as the wife is there, even in the same room with another woman who is ushered to him, if the wife is there, then Isha Mishamarta. And that's the Divrei call. That's not part of Rab Shimon. That's even going according to the Tanakam. And that's how Tosa says the right reading of the Mishnah the is, should be. The second one or the third one? The wife could even be the second one. Even the second one. The way it's written, it's not for the wife is the third one. No. If the wife is even the second one, it's okay. Even though the Tanakama held that two women cannot be mezyachid with one man, is as long as the wife is there, then even in the same room, they could sleep in the hotel room. That's how, that's how uh, Tosas explains this. Now. Misyachet Adam. However, even though we said for Chiyuv of Erva, Isra Erva, a man is not allowed to miyachet. There are exceptions to that rule. A person misyachet Adam im imo. A person can have yichud with his mother, the imbito, and even and, and with his daughter, the yashin imam the keriv basar, and he can even sleep with them with body contact. Even with body contact, there's no problem of. Uh, uh, now, this, uh, the way the, the, Gemara, the Mishnah explains, would mean either a father with a daughter, or could be a mother with her son. And that's the, the imigdilu. But if this boy or the girl get older, once they get older, then they both have to sleep, not with contact, with clothes on. They both have the clothes on. So therefore, even though there's no yichud anymore, but this din they could sleep at Kirubasar no longer exists if the mother with the child, and child's already got, the boy's already got older, or and we'll see what the ages are, or the girl, with, uh, the, 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 the father with the daughter, and the daughter's got older, then if once they get older, they still know Din of Yichud, but there's no Hector for Kirov Bos, so they have to sleep with their clothes on. There shouldn't be that, co- body, that physical body contact. Sorry, when you say that they should sleep with clothes on, do we assume that people used to sleep without? For sure. That's right, yeah. All right. Okay. Say so anything more like this. 
My timer. So says the Gemara like this. What is the reason that we make a difference, according to Tanakama, that one man can, uh, is not allowed to be miyachid with two women, but two men are allowed to be miyachid with one woman? Why is there a distinction like that in the ratio? So says the Gemara. The reason is, Tana de Berilio, that's taught in Yeshiva of Eliyahu. Why? Hoyo v'nashim daitan kalos alehen. Because the women, their, their, their minds can be swayed. They can be drawn in. So that's like we said before, is that when one woman is, and a man, and there's another woman there, they're not afraid because they feel that they can draw in the other one. Whereas with two men and one woman, the man will be afraid and the woman will be afraid because they know they cannot necessarily draw the other person in. And it will be revealed that they're being promiscuous and they won't do the act. Okay. Says the Gemara like this. From where do we see? Where in the Torah, assuming it's a Deraisa, where do we see this din that a man is not allowed to be meyached with a woman? However, where is this, where is this, uh, this, this din being taught? So I'm Rabbi Yochan, Mishum Rabbi Yishmol. So Rabbi Yochan said in the name of Yishmol, Remez leyichud min Torah minayin. Where is there any type of allusion, any type of hint in the Torah to this din that there's a din, an isur of yichud with an erva? Right. Again, we're going with a sheet that it's uh, it's only with the arayas. All right. So Moshe says like this. Uh, so says the Gemara because we have an apostle. The apostle tells us that you're not allowed, you have to be careful not to allow someone to try and instigate you to do Avodah Zorah. You have to, and now the way the Pazuk says it, it's interesting, it says, it says, Shanam, the Pazuk says, Ki yesischa achicha ben imecha. If your, your, your maternal brother will try and, uh, instigate, will try and convince you to do Avodah Zorah. Now, Chorah is very difficult. Why Why are you picking on the maternal brother? I'm just saying, if your brother will try and... Uh, why is it saying your maternal brother? So clearly, Chazal understood, in this remez, Chazal understood, it must be that the maternal brother you have a closer bond to. Why would you have a closer bond to your maternal brother? Because your maternal brother is more commonly found around you, you have a closer bond. Why would the maternal brother be more commonly found around you? Why would that be the case? So the one is going to say is because Dafka by the mother there's no din of Yechud. Since by the mother there's no din of Yechud, therefore the child can always hang out in the house. And therefore, by the, but if it would be a paternal brother, that means that they share the same father, but they don't shame the same mother, it's not as much close, because that son would not be allowed to be around the mother. So from here you see that there is a din yichud with a heter by your mother, but there's no heter by another erva. That's what we're trying to bring a raya from. So one says like this. It says like, the ben aim mesis, and ben av ena mesis. What is it only the maternal brother that's going to instigate that you do some, you follow up, you do have a Zorah. But a maternal brother means that you share the same father but a different mother. Why aren't we concerned about that person? So El Olomolach, it must be telling you, is because Ben Misyachet Imimo. So from the sharing the same mother, you're allowed to be around the mother the whole time. And that's where you will forge a closer bond with your maternal brother because he'll be around, he'll be in the home. He won't have to go out of the house half the time. But therefore, but also, 
Rabbi Yisrael, but the other Arayas, like if it would be a paternal brother who is not allowed to be by your mother, you're not going to have the same bond because they're not allowed to be meyached with your mother, so he's not going to be around the house as much. So from there we learn that halacha. But also lizyached him kol arash b'torah means somebody other than the mother, the, the mother, the son relationship. Pashta dekram b'mayik said we said it's only a remes means that's not the pashat shot in the pasuk. So what taka is the pashat shot in the pasuk? Why is the Torah specifically pick on that you worried about the maternal brother being uh, 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 trying to get you to do Avodah Zorah? So Amar Abaya, let me buy a comer. It's a kol shekain. It's a kavachomer. Lamibaya ben Av the sunny lay. Usually. A maternal brother, there's another reason why you feel close to a maternal brother. There's no fight over Yerusha. Because you don't, you don't inherit, it's not, with a paternal brother, there is a Yerusha issue. So therefore, so we're not as concerned, for sure, right, that the paternal brother, I'm the other way around, a paternal brother that we don't like one another, so therefore, for sure, the paternal brother, when he's giving you advice, he'd be trying to tell you to do something wrong. He wants you to mess up. So for sure the paternal brother you shouldn't listen to because you should know be bitten. your defense is already up that if he's trying to tell you to do something it's probably not for your good. But it's telling you not only shouldn't you listen to your paternal brother to go do Avodah Zorah because that we know you're built in defenses anyway. But the maternal brother usually is looking out for your good. Be careful from him as well because if he's trying to deed you off a path you have to step back and say no, no, it's not being, he, he's not telling this for my own good. If he's trying to get me to Avodah Zorah it's not for my good. So one says like this. So let me buy a car. It's a call shekane. Let me buy a ben av the sunny lay. For sure the ben av who you have a, nat- a natural enmity because you're fighting over Yerusha with him. And he's going to try to tell you to do something bad. But even the maternal brother, that you have a natural uh, relationship and you love one another and you're much more connected, even with him you have to be careful. You might think you should listen to him. He's trying to do something good. You should not listen to him and don't follow his way. Okay, John, we'll stop over here. So you're going to be late tomorrow and do